So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Formula One Sake, the podcast equivalent of gaffer tape. We will stick you back together. I like the idea of halfway through the podcast, just some men coming into my flat and taping me up. Welcome to the Formula One Sake, the bad movie idea of F1 podcasts. Which one of us is going to get played by Brad Pitt? <laughs> oh, I mean, you've got more of a beard, so I'm thinking it might be you. Welcome to Formula One Sake. Today, with three men in their 40s, Lewis, we have bad backs too. And I'm not in my 40s. Are you even older than that? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, where almost everyone on the mic knows what they're talking about. That seems to be a dig at one of us, and I'm not sure which one it is. Welcome to For Formula <laughs> One's Sake. Would be much better with a safety car. Could we do an episode in a safety car? I'll happily sit in the back. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Fast, but fragile. In so many ways. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Alex Goy, the less muscly equivalent of Anushka Tate and the less maternal version of Chica Ayres. I've been hired partly because of my in-depth knowledge of F1, its history and its strategies, but mostly because I can read a script with hardly any retakes. So expect a slick delivery of everything you need to know about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. 25 cars, 13 teams, glowing headlights and lots and lots of cracking goals either side of half-time. That's all to come. Joining me via camera on top of his computer is a man who regrets it all. It's Phil Tromans. What's wrong, Phil? I, I just want to preface this by saying I love my daughter very much, but fucking hell, two-year-olds are hard work. My daughter has just entered the stage where she just has a massive tantrum about absolutely anything. It's like working with Philando Alonso. It's ridiculous. The slightest thing. No, I don't want to do it. Kicking is literally kicking and screaming and but hitting me in the face. 
like Fernando Alonso, she made a lot of bad decisions in her past. <laughs> she did. And the other day, some other kid in the playground ran into a wall right in front of me. It was really weird. I think she'd been talking to him. I couldn't quite understand what was going on. And next to him on my screen is a man who lost his cat briefly. It's Terry Saunders. Well, actually, Phil, I can relate to your daughter because my cat's been having a cat tantrum for the last couple of weeks. Lovell. So I've got a little kind of backyard in my apartment block. And I let the cat... He's supposed to be an indoor cat, but he likes going out. He's, just, he's a cat. So I let him out for bits and then yesterday yesterday before the race i go out to get him and he's gone <laughs> and he's gone over the wall and it's hard to explain exactly so basically the block i live in there's like a whole street of flats and there's like a big kind of void in the middle where there's all gardens and everything and so i had to go to all my neighbors and you know get let in the back and see the cat was like because this this whole area is locked off by a series of like eight foot fences with barbed wire on top like a kind of camp they're very good at building those here <laughs> and i keep going in and there's there's my cat behind the fence so i'm like okay so i've got to do some like arithmetic and go out back out on the street work out which block to buzz then i'm buzzing all the doorbells on a sunday afternoon you know germans don't like doing anything on a sunday and then I go back out to the block and then the cat's either gone back to the where he was before or he's behind another fence and he's just looking <laughs> at me like, fuck you. <laughs> and then my German still isn't very good. And then I have to, at the last point, I see the cat and then some guy walks out into the area where the cat is. And I'm like, Entschuldigung. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Bitte meine Katze. And all I could say, I was so exhausted and so stressed, I just kept pointing and going, Meine Katze. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Meine Katze. <laughs> He's like, Meine Katze, deine Garten. <laughs> ah, deine Katze. Yeah, Meine Katze. <laughs> and then um, I bring the cat back. I have to go, then I have to run all the way around the block, which is like a 10 minute walk, so all the blocks in Germany are massive. And he waits for me. I get the cat, I lead him in. Now the cat just stands at the door howling like the moon i don't even mean like a meow he's like, like to the point i went out to the street to, when i went out today i could hear the cat from across the street in my flat it's embarrassing it's humiliating i think i'm going to get rid of the cat it sounds a lot like having a two-year-old the trouble is it your is. cat has experienced freedom and now yeah, it wants to test freedom. the boundaries it's exactly the same as my daughter exactly but my cat's not going to look after me when i'm old <laughs> No, your cat's unlikely to become a, a well-paid doctor or lawyer or entrepreneur. Yeah. There's no way he's going to cure cancer. Never mind. At least you might have come up with a new German techno track called Meiner Katze, Deiner Garten. <laughs> I would listen to that. Well, today I have bought a GPS collar off Amazon, so I'm just going to put it on him and let him fuck off. So we'll see well, what Have you got attractive? Yes, it's attractive. That's what's going yeah. on. <gasps> My mum's cat went missing, and uh, I, I, was, I had hurried phone calls, uh, and so we found attractive... Uh, via the lovely people of Twitter and there are league tables in your area so you can track how far your cat's gone compared to everyone else's. It we gets quite com competitive about Competitive cat losing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my cat will be the best. He's just going to... One of the things, I've got a train track on the main road near me so he's not going to last long. He'll be the best to a point. <laughs> yeah. Be, oh, look, my cat, look, my cat's doing 200 kilometres an hour towards Munich. <laughs> <laughs> After all that drama, can you match that, Alex? What have you been up to? Uh, I went to Le Mans this weekend. <gasps> the Mans? The men? The Mans. The I 24 men. <laughs> 24 men uh, running around uh, a circuit uh, while lots of other men drink beer like it's some sort of stag do. It was pretty fun. Was it uh, good? Went... Did Toyota win? 
Uh, yes, yes, Toyota yeah. won after after many years of not winning. Toyota has managed to win many years on the bounce in really a field of of Toyota. Yeah. Um, I was I was who, who very was, who was second? Uh, Mr. Glickenhaus and his hat. Oh, Toyota went second. Oh no, sorry, it was to- Toyota. Toyota. So I, I just view Toyota as outright winning. Uh, right. Mr. Glickenhaus and his hat. Um, I was I was invited out by the lovely folk from Alpine who put me in an A110 and said, "See you there." Uh, they were very much hoping that their that their car would win, and it very much didn't. It was beaten by most of the LMP2 field. Was it sexy but fragile, like French cars generally are? Um, it was. It was an old LMP1 car, so yes, but they're doing quite well in the WEC. But yeah, uh, they they they, they had issues this time round. Uh, they had lots of issues and had lots of time fixing things, and then they had to crash, and then and then they fixed it, and then yeah. But it was it was a fun weekend. It was very sunny. It was really cool to because the last two years of Le Mans haven't really been allowed to be Le Mans. The first year was sort of behind closed doors, and last year was few, far fewer people. And this year it was sort of like it's back, uh, except it, it it was it was still a bit quiet. But it was cool. You've, it was great. you've just reminded me I was supposed to go to Le Mans this year. Like, I've just remembered. <laughs> if you I just didn't... remembered, you should have been there and you forgot to go. I hope I didn't buy tickets. <laughs> no, but I was going to go because I went a few years ago and because they're changing all the categories. Yeah. But have they put that off? Is that next year now? So, well, there's, there's, so the, the, the top flight is Hypercar. So it's not LMP1 anymore. It's Hypercar, uh, LMP2, and then you've got AMs and GTEs and things like that. And next year, it's it's all going to be as LMDH oh, hypercar. What? It's all very confusing. I haven't quite got my head around it yet. It should be hypercar, supercar, car, hatchback, shiter car, <laughs> and even shiter car. It's time for listeners' corner, where your voices mix with the endless void of the internet to create a distant whinge about all things F one. Let's begin with the unexpected issues faced by Italy's foremost team. Yes, the broken DRS flap on Yuki Tsunoda's Alpha Tori, which was promptly fixed by lashing and lashings of hastily attached gaffer tape. Proper engineering. Mike Richmond says Alpha Tori using gaffer tape to fix a broken DRS was peak F1. Richard Jerome says Italy's number one F1 team needs to show Ferrari how to use duct tape to hold things together, like engines, championship dreams, and everyone's patience with them. Colin Wilkes says for all the wind tunnel, CAD, precision design, and AI learning, gaffer tape can still fix a race car, touring car style. Tom Murray says my life is also mostly held together with duct tape. This was a good moment that we'll be talking about for a while. This is what pisses me off with Formula 1 these days. Which is especially to do with because they've got to have reliability and they've got to have like the engines last for 27 years and all the rest of it. Is they always do this thing of like, oh, sorry, we've got to retire the car, box, box, sorry, come in this lap. And there's none of this kind of idea of, well, let's just put some fucking tape on it. It's just, it's just amazing. Des- desperately trying to get to the end. It reminded me quite a lot of Le Mans, actually. It's the kind of yeah. thing that would happen at Le Mans where the car comes in and they've done a massive crash. And they're like, no, we're going to kick the shit out of it and then put tape all over it and then do something. Just get them back out there for the love of God. But it did, it did bring up one of the things I hate most about modern F1, which is at one point there was a graphic which said they're showing the orange and black flag to Yuki Tsunoda for like a mechanical infringement, which I believe is an orange black flag with an orange circle. Comes up on timing screens, but there's no flag. It's like a, it's like Schrodinger's flag. Like you say, there's a flag, 
but there is no flag. They're just saying there's a flag on the screen, but there's no one actually waving a flag. It's a theoretical flag. It's a theoretical flag. It's not a it's real in the flag. Cloud. The flag is not there. The flag is there, but it's not that they're telling us there's a flag, but there is no flag. And that really annoys me for some reason. The real flag was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> the real flag was the one half of his DRS that was still working. I reckon, so he just strapped that to a pole and waved it at him. Well, I just think, you know, they could have used it to his advantage because surely that would be a good way to kind of drift around a corner with like just one side of the car gets more dragged than the other side. What, it's just like, helps like a cornering device? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty cool. Then it would be Formula One, Formula Drift. I'd like that. That would be some actual drama. Yeah. It'd be like that McLaren just... a few years ago where they had the two brake pedals. They could independently break each. Something just to liven the fucking thing. Because it's just that all the commentators and all everyone on Twitter going, oh, that's dangerous. They should retire the car. It's like, oh, come on. Paul DeResta was not happy. Let's just see what happens. Can we not go back to that attitude of, yes, okay, at worst, somebody might die. But at best, it might be something fun to watch. (laughs) Let's roll that dice. (laughs) Everyone loves an explosion, right? Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that could have happened? He could have spun into a wall and Yeah, it could have gone over the barriers into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it but could have been 1955 Le Mans all over again. There's a lot of parallels with Le Mans in, what, in, in, yeah, in all it, of this. Yeah, it's a so- solid weekend motor racing activity. Maybe. Mm, less of that. Anyway... Meanwhile, Italy's number two team was also having issues. After Charles Leclerc comfortably qualified on pole, the monocoque driver retired with a blown engine, as did his teammate with knackered hydraulics. And two other Ferrari customer cars DNF too. Whoopsie. Russell Trigg says Ferrari are doing an excellent job in making sure Max wins the championship. John Silo says Ferrari didn't even make it to the end of this sentence. Bernard War sums things up concisely, saying in all capitals, For wow we go boom! <laughs> I really like that. That's another t-shirt. Can we nick that, Bernard, please? I'd like it if that would... <laughs> Instead of going, can we box the car? It's just the... Matteo Benotto going, For wow we go boom! <laughs> so, uh, so, so what, fuck, what, what, fuck, guys! What's happening? What's happening? For so wow we go boom! Uh, the signs wouldn't even quite get it right. He'd be like, Ferrari, you guys, explosion? No, no, Carlos. Well, I mean, how many races now? We keep saying, oh, this is peak Ferrari, and then they get peaker Ferrari. So we've, on one hand, you've got to admire them, that they are they are pushing the game. You know? I mean, if, if you're going to commit to being just powerfully cack at something, you mm. may as well go, you know, billions and billions of pounds to do it. But what what's great is the, is the different ends of the spectrum. They go, if it's like, it's chiaroscuro, you have the light and the dark. They qualify on pole with a really impressive qualifying performance. And then within 10 laps, both cars have gone out of the race. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's like art. I'd like to see a kind of moody black and white film of Ferrari's season. <laughs> What just 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 a, a man sat on the other side of the pit garage as disaster happens behind him, taking a sort of lone drag of a cigarette, looking dejected. And mm. there's like a half there's a half finished chessboard sitting yeah. in front of them. A lone viola player behind him. And, and then, then suddenly... at the end he, he walks away and just knocks his queen o- his king over. No, I think actually Carlos I just runs in and just sits the board and goes, Are we playing Monopoly? Yeah. <laughs> And then there's How like a, a mark at the end. And it'll be called <laughs> For While We Go Boom. <laughs> I think we should do I think we should make it. It was it was it was it was inevitable. I mean I literally did a tweet on Saturday saying, right now taking bets on how Ferrari will fuck this up. 
And sure enough, it's I mean, all the time. And now they, they've basically fucked it now because their engines are gone. It wasn't just they didn't finish the race. Like It seemed like there was a lot of clanking going on when those cars stopped. Those engines are probably pretty knackered. Haven't they already used all of their engines for the year? Or pretty close to? So they're now going to be just getting engine penalties every single race. So that's pretty much their championship over. Do you think... You know they had the kind of cheating, not cheating engine a few years ago? Oh, yes. And then there was a secret... With the, with the mystery the, fuel, possibly. And the secret settlement with the FIA that said, we won't tell on you, but you you stop that now. We're not saying you're cheating. Do you reckon their punishment was, you can use those engines again in 2022, but... <laughs> They can only last 10 laps. <laughs> it does seem, yeah, just desserts, but I don't know. It's almost a shame. It's like the first year in how long that they've had a really decent car. And they, can it, it doesn't be seem to be decent. Yeah, can it is, is it? is it decent if it can't last? It's decent when it's not moving. Right, again, yeah, because so if, if, if it looks fast, it is fast. Yeah, if it looks fast, it is fast. It looks it nice. Lo- it looks very yeah. fast when it's crashed at the side of the road. Sure, and it is fast in you know for one or two laps. And if they just did one or two laps, and it was like Spa last year again, and they just called it off, then they win the championship. I think that's probably the strategy they were going for. I like it. It might not pay off. I don't think it will. Mm, probably not. No. This the second half of this season is going to be a struggle. Just saying, anyone listening to the podcast now, just, just. I think that. I mean, their only hope now is that they're like, well, the engine's balked. We're going to be getting penalties every single race. Their only hope now is that all the other teams can't do the rest of the races because of the budget cap. The only hope now is that Red Bull get stuck in customs. That's basically <laughs> what they're hoping on. Start planting stuff in Christian Horner's luggage. It'd be fine. Don't worry. I don't think, I don't think you'd have to. The way yeah, you don't need to. Leg. <laughs> Not with Jerry there. <laughs> that's what the Red Bull Young Drivers program is it's like oh Gasly you've got my suitcase thanks yeah the Red Bull Young Mules <laughs> the Red Mules <laughs> white mules probably t-shirt white powder <laughs> t-shirt t-shirt idea in other news Lewis Hamilton says he's going to race in Montreal this weekend despite looking like he was in considerable pain after the Baku GP Mercedes was trying out new floors in Azerbaijan and Hamilton's car was porpoising like nobody's business, with the seven-time world champion complaining about back pain during the race and stepping very gingerly out of the car after it. Toto Wolff apologised over the radio for giving him, quote, a shitbox car. There were a lot of people on the internet saying that Hamilton was just acting. But there were a lot of people on the internet who are arseholes. This is true. <laughs> Hello, I see you follow me on Twitter. Um, it didn't look good, did it? I mean, there was. I thought they'd solved the porpoising issue after the last race, but uh, not so much. Apparently they've solved it in a very specific way in Barcelona. <laughs> it's it's a GPS-related thing. It's somehow thing. worse. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of going... <laughs> It's just like it's, it's if the time sets a Spanish time. They work that out. They just set all the driver clocks, to, all the car clocks to Spanish time. It just stops porpoising. It did look pretty nasty, and it seemed to be worse on Hamilton's car than on Russell's. Although, it, in fairness, it they were all struggling a bit because it's a big old long straight at Baku. Is it two kilometres or something like that, flat out? And very he's high getting speeds. old. He is getting old. Now he knows how we feel, almost. It might have cracked a rib, you know. I was kneeling on the floor earlier, and my knee gave me a pain that I've never experienced before. That's brave new discoveries. Were you kneeling I on was... a nail, and have you ever knelt on a nail before? 
I wasn't. No, I was on. A, I was just on the floor. Were you leaning on your cat to stop it from escaping? <laughs> yeah, just fucking fuck off, level. I woke up about three days ago and I got incredible cramp in my calf, just lying there, half awake. Didn't. Well, I hadn't been doing anything. Just lying there, and suddenly my calf just went. Meh. It's horrible. Oh, that, Stupid yeah. old age. It's rubbish. Anyway, yeah, the Mercedes still knackered. Is this what but, happens when we don't have a woman on the podcast? We just moan about our backs and our knees and our calves. I mean, Chica's well, just my had back a baby, is fine, so. my calves are fine, and my knees are fine. So I don't know what's wrong yeah, with but you. You're two. young, Alex. You're young. I'm, I'm a year younger than Lewis Hamilton, so apparently I'm exactly. a year away from uh, being seven-time world champion and having a bad back. Between the two of you, you've got seven world championships. And I, I, I personally take credit for some of his hard work. Good. Maybe. Anyway. Several people in F1, most notably George Russell and Carlos Sainz, have been making noises about getting some rules changed for fear that the porpoising is going to cause long-term issues to driver health. One person who's against that, however, is Christian Horner, who said it would be unfair if the FIA were to change the rules and penalise teams that had done a good job. Separately, Christian Horner wants the FIA to change the rules on cost caps. I think we've arrived at this week's Christian Horner's Bell End Corner. The whole, uh, in some ways, I'm actually with Christian Horner on at least one of these elements, in that the teams all have a way of making the cars porpoise less, is to raise the right height, and then they'll porpoise less, but then they'll be slower, and they don't want to do that. And at the moment, it's sort of on the teams to decide how much they damage their driver. And but some of them are saying, ooh, I think we should have rules, because you can't leave it up to the teams, because they'll kill them. You remember what happened? The, they'll kill them. The cost caps, though, you're totally right that I mean the come on the, the way he's moaning about just you know that christian holder would moan about anything to for red bull's sake we, he's like a he's like one of the really thick tory mps that you just gotta go oh come on uh, one, one of them you mean all of them no i mean some of the tory mps i don't think are thick, the, the ones that are quiet right now <laughs> anyway there's an F1 movie in the works, and it sounds, well, let us know what you think. It's got Lewis Hamilton on board as a producer, as well as longtime blockbuster mogul Jerry Bruckheimer, and it's being directed by that guy that made Top Gun Maverick. Its star, one Bradley Pitt, who will be playing an ageing driver that comes back to F1 to take on the rookies. Yes, 58-year-old Brad Pitt. That sounds, um, well, how does it sound, chaps? Rubbish. No, 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 no. It does not sound rubbish. I like Brad Pitt. I like Brad Pitt. I have a thing. I have like a menopausal woman thing for Brad Pitt. Like, okay, uh, you're on your okay, own so on that one. So he will be good in it, but it might be, probably will be, objectively. A 58-year-old Formula One driver. See, if, I, if, if, no, if, see, if, if my weird <sighs> if my weird memory of... A weird memory of motorsport trivia doesn't fail me. I think... Didn't... Um, uh, Louis Chiron race in his 50s? It is a very good point. He did. He was 58, but that was yes. in the 1955 uh, Monaco yes. Grand Prix where downforce and, and G-forces were not uh, not what they are today. But maybe okay. this you, film you, will be set in the 1950s. If that's the case, his character will be a man who ruined a female racing driver's career because she was doing well, so he called her a Nazi. Ooh, Ooh, actually, I, I'm back in the game. That sounds great. That's a great that's, 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 look, Louis Sh- look, that's Louis Chiron did that. Louis Chiron, more like. You're, you're forgetting a key thing about this. Brad Pitt is 58. That doesn't mean the character he plays will be 58. He's an actor who looks younger than his age. <gasps> it's going to be a sequel to Benjamin Button. No, he's he'll get play. younger as the race goes on. He'll probably play someone who's like 
54 or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's going to play Kimi Raikkonen, isn't he? Look, the thing is, if they try and do a movie, a Formula One, that is accurate in any way, uh, unless it's super... But look, you've got to think about this. In this it's like the Netflix thing. If it, No matter what it is, Formula One fans are going to hate it. So actually, it's not for Formula One fans, right? Because if they made the most... If, if they made like a kind of shot-for-shot shot remake of last year with Lewis and Max, then all the Lewis fans would hate it, all the Max fans would hate it, because they'd be like, oh, that bit when he did that. So that's all going to happen. If you then make it kind of broadly true, then all the F1 fans are going to be like, oh, I think you'll find that Pirelli weren't in Formula 1 in 1974. That's fuck them, right? And if you make it completely wildly not anything to do with Formula 1, but it uses the logo and it makes people watch Formula 1, that's what they're going for, and I'm in for that. I think that's going to be good. I don't know. I dread to think what actual fighter pilots think of the new Top Gun film, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard it's quite Exactly. Fun. But have you heard anyone talk about fucking fighter, what fighter pilots think? No one cares. No, but it's, it might be a similar thing. Like, anything I know anything about, if they make a movie about it, I usually go, ugh. That takes me right out of it, because that's wrong. It's wrong. I don't like Look, it. Mus- I'm, musicians I'm told in music, because having a background as a musician, they are all, almost always shit. And you watch it going, well, he's not obviously playing that. I'm told on good authority that the police academy is nothing like as it was depicted in the films. Well, yet- <laughs> this gets me to my point. What if they make it a comical farce? Brilliant. I mean, then I might be absolutely in. If it's like Billy's Academy Can or there's the something about Mary. Do you remember when they bought the rights to some board games and there was like a, wasn't there, wasn't there like a Battleship film? Battleship the movie starring Rihanna and Liam Neeson? <laughs> good. Good not. Rihanna good. was definitely. That's where we I'm not start sure about Liam Neeson, the, but Rihanna. That's where the, start the casting for the rest of the grid. So I think that's how they should treat that. They, they've bought the rights to F1, and that's all we fucking need. All we need is the rights for them to show some clips of, you know, th- th- there'll be a th- there'll be a, a grid walk and Brad Pitt will be walking in. That's all we need, and then it'll go off into. Some, it'll just probably be a fucking heist film or something. It'll be the film of Christian Cleon's diamond encrusted oh, Monaco car, yes. in the Jaguar that crashed and where it actually went, and it yes. turns out. Brad Pitt stole it, and it's in the Ocean's Eleven universe. It's Ocean's. It's Ocean's Twenty Two. <laughs> Ocean's Forty Four, starring Lewis Hamilton. Oh, with his back. Oh, can someone else take this diamond? Oh, my back's gone. I need to reinforce my back with the hardest substance known to man. <gasps> oh my God, he's going to be the, the Jaguar Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, good. So many good films. Give us a Perfect. call, Jerry, if you want any help on the script development. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a thing he will definitely do. Anyway, tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? Despite wild inflation, we've frozen the price of beer at 360. Remember those days? So thanks to... Jacob Root Moore from the Isle of Man, who says the Isle of Man TT is on, where 50 or so motorbike riders with balls of steel speed around the mountain roads 150 miles an hour. We have unfortunately lost three riders so far this year, but thrilling stuff and worth a look. That took a horrible turn. It did, and it's going to get worse because I presume he sent this email before two more riders died later. It's five so far. It's it's just the phrase, so far. So far. as we talk about, oh, what's the worst that could happen if we gaffer tape DRS flat together? It's like, well, well, the worst that could happen is you could go to the Isle of Man and ride around on a fucking biking car. Why are you motor racing? Why do we do it? Not that we do it. Why do we watch it? Because of the danger. But then because it gets a little don't. bit real. And anyway, well, thank you, Jacob, for the beer. But honestly, it brought us down a little bit. Kyle Glover, who says, 
please have Chica set an alarm for Bibs in the middle of each episode. Who? Uh, who? I have no idea. Bibs. She used to present the show with us. <laughs> oh, Bibs. She was Bibs. a good. Bibs. She was a good laugh, yeah. wasn't she? Bibs. Yeah. Uh, we should. Uh, I don't know if we're announcing. Are we announcing Chica? And uh, can we say she's had a baby? She's had a baby. We're not saying she's had anymore. a baby. She's had a baby. Yay! And oh, actually, look. I feel you don't even know this. This is the big announcement that I can give you. The baby is going to be played by a 58-year-old Brad Pitt in an upcoming <laughs> film. <laughs> FF1S the movie. Joseph Moritz and Alrun Shellhasser. Thank you, guys. And especially Alrun with your quite difficult to pronounce name. But Terry's here, so... Are you in Germany, Alrun? Would you like a cat? <laughs> as thank, as thank you for thanking us. <laughs> And big thanks as ever to our monthly donors, who include Paul Hewings, Michael Perry, Donald Griffin, Keith Russell, and Keith Falconer. We love them all. Join them. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Pint, pint, pint. Pint, Teams can only get better. Only get better. If we see it through, teams means me and teams mean you too. So teach me now that teams can only get better. Only get, they only get. Take it on from here. You know, I know that teams can only get better. Better little 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 better little 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 better little 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 better little 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 Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, DNF, Engine, Carlos Saints, DNF, Hydraulics. Oh, Ferrari, 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 Ferrari. It was all looking so good when Charles Leclerc nailed pole position, but we knew it couldn't last, and it didn't, not even until the first corner when Perez took the lead. And then first Saints, and then Leclerc broke down, probably knackering both their engines and their chances of any championships this year, what with the influx of extra engine-related penalties headed their way. Why do Ferrari be like they be, friends? Ferrari got boom! <laughs> Mercedes! Uh, I don't know what it is about Ferrari. Do you think they're just not used to being actually quite good and they have no idea how to deal with it? They're just massively Well, they aren't quite good. The they pressure. keep breaking. But the car's fast and it's never been fast for a while. The thing is, do you, do you just know that there are so many Ferrari enemies in... Formula One for enemies. Oh, nice! Everybody is loving this. This is true. You know, I'm, I'm like Alonso. This. Alonso loves it. Vettel loves it. All the people that have left Ferrari loves it. All you know, all the people that are pissed off that Ferrari get a better deal love it. I mean, Ferrari being shit is one thing. Ferrari being shit at being good is so much sweeter. <laughs> so good. It's for like them. when it's almost there, but then they take it away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've discussed it ad infinitum, but uh, yeah, we'll give them another mention. Red Bull. Max Verstappen first, Sergio Perez second. Sergio was quickest first, but Max was quicker when it counted and is now breezing to his first legitimate F1 World Championship. Can anything stop him now? Yes. Sergio Perez. Come on, Sergio, it's your time to shine. I mean, it's not, but it adds a bit of drama to the occasion. Because Perez has actually been quite good the last couple of races. Well, Perez has been good, although I'm not quite sure what happened this race, because he looked like he was quicker, he was quicker in qualifying, and then suddenly he was like 20 seconds behind Verstappen. Do you, think, think, there's, do you think there's somebody in the back of the Red Bull garage? I mean, possibly Helmut Marco, possibly someone else, maybe with like a large sort of prop-style dial just going, 
and it's got Sergio written above it. He's just turning it down. Suddenly, Max catches him and his head. I'm just saying, it's a theory. It's Jos Verstappen, isn't it? <laughs> and the doll doesn't do anything. It's just like he likes to feel like he's got some power. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the question. It's obviously, yeah, oh, uh, Red Bull are fast, whatever. Fuck them. How long until Max Verstappen fires Jos Verstappen? Ooh, what like? Because uh, remember when Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton fired his dad? Yeah, fired his dad. I, was, I don't know. It's like is Jos a fifties manager or is it a kind of? I don't think he's, he's just manager. He's just there because he's, he's his just dad. his fucking dad. He's just there berating him constantly for somehow leaving him at the really side of good. the road. So I call it now. If Max Verstappen wins a championship this year, he fires his father. Wow! Because he, he gets a new father. He gets he a new nineties. He gets a new nineties F one driver as his dad. No, well, no, he gets Nelson Piquet as his father-in-law, doesn't he? Oh, well, well, that's true. Oh, I don't think I'd want that. I, I think he could, he could choose someone better. Joss Verstappen? I'd, I think Would Nelson, Nelson Piquet. No, him at a petrol station? No, Nelson Piquet not. is a funny guy. If you read the interviews he's in the 80s... a bit of a dick, though. Oh, he's a total <laughs> But he's also a funny guy. Like, if you read the interviews with like, when he's... Like, he just laid into Nigel Mansell, who obviously is my hero, but when you read back some of the interviews from that time, it's just like, it's just, it's just brutal, calling his <laughs> wife horrible names, and just, just love him in a weird way, and I'd rather have, I'd, I'd, I would have Nelson Piquet as my dad over Jos Verstappen. I mean, he's going to have, Nel- he's going to have Nelson Piquet as his father-in-law anyway, and I think Nelson Piquet's too good to replace Jos Verstappen. You need a decidedly average to not that great 90s F1 driver. You okay, need okay, like a... Okay. I don't know, like Mik- Mika Salo. Johnny Herbert. Johnny Herbert wouldn't be bad. I see, I quite like Johnny Herbert, though. I'd hate Johnny... I fucking hate Johnny Herbert. Oh. Just just in that kind of cheeky... Ch- like, look, we know is, is, the tragedy... Is it the biggest state agent energy that does it for you? Yeah, it's like we know the tragedy of, like, how... He's got no legs. He's got no legs. And he was actually brilliant. And then he got fucked over by gravity. And then... Then he was just like became this midfield four one driver. Did a couple of wins. He won a race, two races I think. Did he? He won one for maybe, Stewart. Maybe did he win one. another one? Maybe he did. I think he did. And then now he's like a commentator. You know, he's got a happy life and everything. But there's something about him. Can't what, something of the night. Just, and I'm not talking about people as a person. To go to the pub with him, very nice guy, I'm sure. To be a Sky F1 presenter on a pension, very nice of him. But for being your father, you think he's got a got a couple of snooker balls in a sock? I reckon he's got a temper. <laughs> We're not it's suggesting not that it's, Johnny it's Herbert beats but it's people. It's a lot of tangerines. Sweet Valencia oranges. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember reading in a magazine in the nineties that his injuries were so bad that months and months later, bits of grass were still coming out of his leg from the crash. I don't know why he that did image stuck with mess himself. He, that was he, the he, era of people messing themselves up in crashes. He collected seeds. <laughs> he must maybe that's what it was. Maybe he is part tree. Has has he turned has he turned into one of those things you used to get your kid like that you poured water on it and it grew cress and like a head. Yes, he's a punnet of cress. He's not a pundit, he's a punnet. <laughs> he's about as clever as a punnet of cress, let's be honest. He's basically Groot at this point. We are all Groot, Phil. Don't even know what that is. Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, fourth, George Russell, third. A good result belies the woeful struggles of the bouncing Mercedes. George is being hailed as Mr. Consistency, but is Lewis getting known as Mr. Curmudgeonly? 
I mean, I mean, there's a Mr. Men story series here. It's an F1, oh, F1 Roger Hargreaves tie-up. I would actually be all on, all on. But as a slight aside, did you read the Mr. Men books as a kid? Yeah, yeah. they were great. I've come back Mr. to them Tickle. with my... Mr. Tickle is not okay. Well, no, there's a lot of sort of... Uh, we're not saying he's a pedo, but... Um, no, I've come back then. to those books, having now got a daughter. They are fucking terrible. Like, really terrible badly hair. written. Like just incredibly badly written. Like as as now a professional word editor, I look at it and go, "How did this get published?" Really bad. Because everyone was drunk in the seventies. Maybe that's it. I think the world was better back then because it was just foggier, drunken pedos. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> well, anyway, Mercedes. You're not. A, that's just that's Mr. Why they got, That's why they drank <laughs> to stop being pedos. <laughs> um, changing the more subject. More pedos entirely. would just drink more. <laughs> What? Anyway, George Russell is doing very well. Very well, but isn't it? Is there a more George Russell thing than doing very well in a shit Mercedes? No, but it could have been worse. He could have. It, well, the alternative would be he gets in the really the, the proper Mercedes of last year and is terrible. And this is mm. probably preferable, or is it? I don't know. Is it better oh, to be I mean. good in a shit car and not re- fulfil your dreams? Or get the good car I mean, of your dreams and be terrible and still not get your dreams? He's making Lewis Hamilton look a little bit shit, which, let's face it, is impressive. It so is impressive. And, and for, all, for all, you can look into a lot of the reasons why Hamilton hasn't been beating him and find legitimate reasons why. And now eight races in and it's happened an awful lot. I think Lewis is um, on the way out. I think his heart's not in it. He's done. I mean, he's won a lot of world championships. I'd be kind. Of, I wouldn't you be happy with that many? Not it's after an, it's being an odd number. One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd won, you'd won the one, one that, that got away. Deeply, deeply horrible. Just imagine. Just imagine. Brad Pitt plays Lewis Hamilton in a film, and at the end of the championship, he gets robbed and probably steals his girlfriend. Like some, who's like a good, who's a good Hollywood villain. Alan Rickman, let's Mark say. Strong. I know he's dead. But no, Alan Rickman. Let's mm. pretend Alan Rickman is playing the other Formula One driver. Willem Dafoe. Or Willem Dafoe, yeah. He's playing he's playing the Dutch Verstappen Verstappen or he's even called we have him in full on green goblin swivel eyed lunacy. Yes, but with Red Bull written down the side. The Red but Goblin. Roblin. He so then he so at the, the end of the last film, Daniel Defoe is what the Daniel Defoe. Daniel Defoe. His, Defoe. Didn't he write Robertson Crusoe? <laughs> I mean, that would be William a hell Defoe. of a casting. So we've exhumed the body. Anyway, so imagine he's won the World Championship, stolen your wife and killed your firstborn. And the next year, you go up against him and he's still with your wife and you're in a shit Mercedes. That's, that's basically I'm all. I'm absolutely on board with this script. For <laughs> fuck's sake, Brookheimer, call us. We've got gold here. <laughs> he killed my firstborn. <laughs> Now I must race you for glory. Uh, oh, I'm angry let's with go you to Hockenheim. Decided on the track. <laughs> yes. At Monaco, where nothing will happen. But I found a diamond. Anyone? Diamond? Anyone? Cool. Great. Aston Martin. Sebastian Vettel, 6th. Lance Stroll, 16th. Lance Stroll tried to break the record for crash in every lap of a weekend, and Sebastian showed that... All his offs in recent years were just him practising to perfect the ultimate save. Is this a genuine uptick of form for the Jolly Green Minnows? I love Jolly Green Minnows. <laughs> ho, 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 Green Minnows. <laughs> ho, 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 we're quite shit. Um, <laughs> I missed the, miss the amazing, the ultimate save. What was this? 
when he went he went off and then he kind of he went on the escape road and then he just kind of oh yes somehow spun it round so he's styled, that right way styled it out and, yeah no that was good okay fair enough and yeah that it was only from the experience and that's not full time world champion experience that is experience of going off in every race for the last six years yeah and he knows Baku well obviously you know he's got experience of um, uh, misdemeanors at Baku uh, yeah exactly smacking into Hamilton I mean Vettel was good this weekend. It's, it's his one good performance of the year. But and Stroll, Stroll was terrible. Oh, <laughs> qualifying, just like, oh, God. This, this, I think this counts as a good result for Aston Martin. Okay, admittedly, two of the cars in front of Vettel were out. Um, but still. Technic- a technical win is still a win, as proven last year. To finish first, first your engines have to not blow up. Danke sehr, Norbert. Meine Katze. <laughs> Meine Katze. For why we go boom. It's just the greatest hit show at this point. It can't be greatest hits of earlier on in the show. <laughs> so solid someone, their second album was their greatest hits album that was essentially their first album again. I would make it my debut album. <laughs> would be <laughs> the very hit. best of, yeah. Troman's greatest hits. Very, hit. very best of the Troman's bass experience. It's a joke that doesn't get old, but whenever you speak to someone who's like really, really into music and they they get all snobby about some band and ask you their your favourite album, always say greatest hits. It's just the best <laughs> joke in the world because if they're that serious about it, there's always a moment where they go, oh, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, I think my favourite album's probably Shine 5. <laughs> my favourite Clash album, yeah, it's Best of Sade. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call dance. McLaren, Danny Ricardo eighth, Lando Norris ninth. Daniel and Lando have played the old teammate game of Let Me Through, where they both spent the whole race complaining on the radio that the other isn't as good as he is. What do you think lunch is like with these two? Competitive eating. You just know that they they, they go for the same buffet. They're, they're just oh, I just there's something about like Lando is being cocky because he's clearly better. But Daniel's being cocky in the way that he can't... Because he's Australian. But, oh, well, he's Australian. But he can't be a, seen to be showing weakness, so they're both kind of one-up. And it's, oh, it's just... Is it going to be like... You remember that advert from the very first year that Lewis Hamilton was in? So probably 2007, where it was him and Alonso. And they had that advert, which was, anything you can do, I can do better. It was them racing everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, it's like that. I bet it's like that. They're probably even wearing Except- 2007 McLaren wear. Except Norris probably wins everything because <laughs> Ricardo's the second. I don't understand how these shoes work. <laughs> Ricardo's like forty-five minutes later. Yeah, I just like the idea that, that Ricardo's uh, wine wine cabinet. You get a he has a beautiful bottle of wine and then he opens it and all the glasses are shoes. I think Great. he just opens wine and pours it and drinks from his shoe at home, just crying, <laughs> sipping. He doesn't drink wine. Sipping aftershock. He, he, he drinks goon. Alpine, Esteban Ocon, 10th, Fernando Alonso, 7th. The Alpines were very quick in a straight line, but they're really struggling with corners. Is this a new problem or one they should have fucking sorted by now? I mean, that's not a bad strategy for Baku, in fairness, because everybody overtakes everybody on the straights, and if you're fast on the straight, nobody can get past you. It doesn't matter how slow you're on the corners. Didn't we have another Alonso train after Monaco? We had another one this week. I don't know what's happening with Alonso. It's like he's... He's just he's, fucking about. He's just, he's, he's I mean, I, he's, 
He's given up, isn't it? I mean, he's like he has. He's, he's just his... he's amusing himself. He's just like, oh, I've got an yeah, F1 yeah. car. This is hilarious. Ah, I'm not going to let you past, dick. Like he's definitely he's definitely got the energy of someone who's working their notice. You know that feeling. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> filling filling the car up with stationery. Yeah, I could answer the phone, but why don't you just fuck off? <laughs> is that one of his radio messages? Uh, box, box, pick, confirm. <laughs> How about screw you? Fuck off. <laughs> Anyone got any paper clips? Need a paper clip. <laughs> Alvatore, Pierre Gasly, 5th, Yuki Tsunoda, 13th. Gasly did another giant killing performance of 5th, and Tsunoda was having some great scraps that ultimately came to, well, not much. Is this the start of the Alvatore resurgence? I mean, no, because Red Bull will never allow it. Well, they can resurge to 3rd. I can't, I, can't, I can't see it, but then, you know, Toro Rosso has won a race, so... In fact, didn't Toro Rosso win a race before Red Bull, before or did I make Red that up? Bull, yes. It was, wasn't it? No, that, when Vettel won. That must have been the moment where they were like, well, we're never letting this happen again. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they, they were... Concrete in their cars now, like, <laughs> like in the bottom of the washing machine. <laughs> they were both actually pretty good this weekend. I mean, um, Sonoda was obviously unlucky because he was running half DRS. Um but he was actually driving all right. He didn't have any stupid... He hasn't had any stupid moments for a few races now. He's actually been quite good this year. I think we should give Sonoda a bit of a kind of moment of just like... His results haven't looked great because he's always just out of the points, but that's not his fault, I think. I think it is just the car isn't quite there. But... And the midfield's very close. But he's been pretty consistent. He's been all right. He hasn't made stupid mistakes. And Gasly is... Not Mr. Consistent, but consistent son. When Gasly's good, he's very, very good. Oh, come on. That was a good joke. That was a... That was a joke about Japanese culture. Was it? He's not Mr. Consistent. He's consistent, Sam. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Gasly is... Uh, you definitely <laughs> heard the joke. Yeah, just check it. You, you definitely yeah, heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah definitely heard my it. Mic, my mic hasn't it. cut out. No, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, good. Carry on. All seems fine. Yeah, I'm checking the data. Fine. No problems. <laughs> yeah. Just press the button once, Terry. <laughs> Oh, fuck you. Right. Next. Alfa Romeo. Shogun Don't care. U. Next. <laughs> Alfa Romeo. Shogun Yu. DNF. Cooling. Valtteri Bottas. 11th. Show was forced to retire the car whilst actually running in a good position, and Bottas seemed to have been Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap, jumping in for the weekend as he seemed entirely clueless as to how to drive a car. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ziggy, we we're going to need some help here. <laughs> I think the main thing that we all took away from Alpha was the big thing that they were promoting this week, and was that, was that they changed their livery. Did they? Yes, that's what I said. Didn't they change was, it to, to the one like the, the Italian race car from Cars 2? I, I mean, they should have done. Maybe they did. I don't know. I think it was like an Italian flag or something. But I've, I was going back through press releases to just get information ahead of this recording, and they sent a press release. So we've got this brand new... A special livery. Oh, it's amazing. I was like, I did not notice it at all. I mean, I barely noticed that from a apart from when they were not finishing. But I'm literally on the race highlights now. I mean, no one notices Alfa Romeo's road cars anymore. So no, that's true. And they also half of them break down too. They do. A lot of them do. Uh, and one of them is called the toenail. The toenail. Oh, oh, that'll never what? not be funny. They have a, they have a car <laughs> called the tonale, but it's spelled toenail. Toenail. Yeah, so you can have a, a what is it, a, a Julia, 
which no one buys because you have a 3 Series. You can have a Stelvio, which no one buys because you can have a Porsche Macan or literally any other small SUV. Or now the Toenail, which no one buys because it's not very good by all accounts. Yeah, The Stelvio, in fairness... Is pretty good. The quadrifolio is very good. We're getting into road. Imagine we're getting, getting into road tester the, conversation. Sorry, sorry. Imagine getting hit by the toenail. Ooh, I don't, <laughs> imagine it? getting cut by the toenail. You're getting stubbed by the toenail. Yes. Anyway. Ooh. There you go. Quadri- Stelvio quadrifolio is really, really good. It is but really, it's not it's really a Porsche good. Macan. Sorry. No, car nerd hat off. Mm. Different car nerd hat doesn't exist. But you know, I'm trying. It's a lovely hat. Sorry, I totally zoned out. <laughs> Cars. Cars are great. Have you found your livery yet? I, I've just I've just flicked through the seven minute highlights and I don't think they feature one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that sums that up quite neatly. Haas. Haas. Haas, you slick. Haas. What have you done to me, Haas? <laughs> You've set the mini mart on fire. Gav, my pop. <laughs> this pleases me greatly. Kevin Magnussen, DNF, engine, Mick Schumacher, 14th. The Ferrari-powered house of Magnussen did a Ferrari and insisted on not going anywhere. And Mick Schumacher followed in his father's footsteps, but got lost along the way. For while we go boom. It did. (laughs) (laughs) Mick Schumacher is not very good, but he didn't crash this week. So that's a positive. Discuss. Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but also... Ugh. I don't like to, you know, kick a Schumacher, but, well, actually, there's Ralph, so he's more Ralph than Michael. He is much more Maybe he's Ralph's son. That would explain a lot. Well, Ralph it? does have a motor racing son who hasn't even got to F1 yet, and may never. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Somebody Schumacher. Remember. That's his name, mate. Yes, that's right. His first name is Shumi. <laughs> Ralph Ralphio. Sean <laughs> Ralphio. Raymond Schumacher. He's what he's an accountant. <laughs> Welcome to Motor Racing Seven Twenty. Everything here is wonderful. Would you like an iPad? I don't know what is that, that what? Detlef Schrempf. That is Detlef Schrempf, yeah, that's a, that's a very It's a community joke. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Twelve of our very, listeners will have loved that. Williams. Nicholas Latifi, 15th. Alex Albon, 12th. Latifi got a five-second penalty that took him from last to last. And all it meant was that Williams would be five seconds later getting home. Did you see the reason why he got a penalty? I don't think I did, actually. So it was right at the beginning, before they went on the um, formation lap. So there's a rule, and apologies if I've got the detail of this wrong, but I think it's something along the lines of 15 seconds before they go off on the formation lap, everybody needs to be away from the car. And there was an in-car shot from Latifi of just one of his mechanics coming over and just sort of prodding the wheel and looking about, just going la 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 la. And because of that, he got a penalty because it was it was after he should have been at the side. Everybody else was standing at the side of the track. There was just one mechanic going. And, that sounds uh, like a bet, doesn't it? That's like someone <laughs> Williams going, "Go on, if you do if you do that, I'll buy a pint tonight." He's like, "Go on, go on, do it, go on. Yeah, oh, he's, oh, he's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it. it. I didn't mean it. I can't believe he did it. What a legend!" <laughs> <laughs> Such a ladstronaut. Uh, it doesn't matter, he's going to be last anyway. <laughs> Archbishop of Banterbury over there playing with the car. <laughs> what a lad. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Do you remember the rule? If the driver's is shit, the constructors is good. 
<laughs> I love that you're prefacing the yeah. reading with this. Well, yeah, okay. Couldn't think of anything for the standings, so I thought I'd just do Tom Jones songs. So <laughs> it's not unusual to win in 22, Max Verstappen. It's not unusual to come second to Maxi Boo, is uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, why, 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 Ferrari? Go <laughs> boom. Go boom. My, my, my. Consistency. <laughs> George Russell. <laughs> um, gone off, gone off. I've a gone off. It's Carlos Sainz. <laughs> and slip disc, slip disc. I've got a slip disc. It's Lewis Hamilton. And then I realised, do you know what? Tom Jones hasn't got anywhere near as many famous songs as you think. Not enough to fill a grid anyway. So then I've just gone for a kind of random... Other songs. Kind of rap packy <laughs> songs. So, Ain't Misbehaving is Lando Norris, because you know that bit when he kind of nearly overtook at the end, but he didn't. Oh. Oh, he said he could. You're nobody till somebody loves you, as Valdez Bossa. <laughs> That's Amore is Ocon. I just like him. Ladies of Tramp, Gasly. Papa loves Mambo is Alonso. <laughs> really, I was doing this like minutes before we recorded. Um... All of me is Kevin Magazine. That's his balls. I've got you under my skin. That's Daniel Ricciardo because Lando's got there. Let's face the music and dance. Try a little tenderness is Yuki Sonoda. The lady is a tramp. Again, it's Alphon. That's his mum. You belong to me is Lance Stroll, which isn't a song. That's just how he chats people up. And it's not even a chat blind. He actually owns them by that point. And you make me feel so young is Yoga Yu. Anyway. That's the drivers out of the way. That was shit. That's, that's that was all right. Noise. That I like that. It was good. I'm, 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 I'm impressed. I have yeah, a better like understanding of who it. they are now. <laughs> oh, good. There we go. Now, porpoising is happening, and they're all bouncing up and down the straight. So I thought, if the teams, if the teams were things that bounced, what would they be? Oh, where's this going? <laughs> so Red Bull, which doesn't bounce very much, is a cannonball. Okay, that's all right. See where yeah. I'm going? Uh, Ferrari is a tennis ball. Uh, Mercedes is a rubber ball. See, it's quite. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It makes sense. Doesn't yeah. It? Uh, McLaren bounces like a torn-up contract dropping into a wet shoe. <laughs> Alpine bounces like a DeLorean travelling back in time to correct some mistakes. Alfa Romeo bounces around like Bottas's ass cheeks. Alfa Tauri bounces like an energetic puppy. Haas is Kevin Magnussen's balls. Um, Aston Martin bounces like a check. And Williams is dead. Doesn't, doesn't bounce. Doesn't move. Nothing. Oh, I, think, I think both of those were good. I think you're doing yourself down. Oh, thanks, those, those, those are both those are both excellent and horrifying in equal measure. Also, yeah. that Tom Jones Reload album has aged really badly. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I had it in a CD player in my car. And, CD uh, player? In your, mind you, my car's got a tape player. I don't know what I'm mocking you for. Yeah, I had it, had it in the CD player before I figured out how to make Bluetooth work in it. And uh, I had a really long road trip. And I went through it <laughs> you three to times. Jones so Tom Jones Reload, I had the Iron Man 2 soundtrack and some other CD. Iron Man 2 is, is basically ACDC, which is A's. Isn't but Iron yeah, Man Tom- 2 the one where they do the Monaco Grand Prix in some random ass car? Yes, yes, they do. And it's it's pretty awful. It's pretty mm. awful. Tony Stark decides he wants to drive in it, so kicks the driver out of his team and goes, no, I've passed scrutineering. Yeah, I'm a qualified like, driver. It's like Red Bull. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Reload. Don't don't even think about it. Just keep the rose tinted glasses. Don't do it. And now for the man of the match of driving. Yuki Tsunoda. Oh. And now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. 
The porpoising has to stop. It's dangerous for the drivers. Poor Lewis and his poor back. George Russell says they should change the rules before there's a massive accident. Now, Christian Horner is saying that Mercedes is just whining and, and even he, he even tacitly admitted that if Red Bull was suffering, he'd tell his drivers to go out and moan about it too. So don't believe them anyway. But doesn't that mean that Horner has sort of shot himself in the foot? Doesn't it actually mean that what he's saying is ignore what any driver and team says because we're all going to be lying to protect our competitive advantage? So therefore, the FIA should step in and do something or Mr. Consistency will soon be Mr. In Casualty. But actually, fuck it, I reluctantly agree with Horner here. Yes, he's a liar, but a stop clock is right twice a day and Mercedes do have a couple of simple solutions to the porpoising problems. Ride higher or go slower. But still, porpoising is silly, it sounds silly, it looks silly, and it's making F1 look dafter than usual. But don't worry, I have a solution. Negative camber, or as I call it, reverse bumps. If all the cars go along bumping around and grinding out, then why not, at great expense, make a lane of little divots in the track that exactly correlate using science to the bumping so that they level out into a straight line. Like that Johnny Board experiment where there's a square wheel on a zigzag road surface and it gives a smooth ride. Obviously, they'd have to stick at some mathematically defined speed, and if you don't pause, you can just zip along the normal track. And every now and again, when the neurofriend is kicked in, Lewis can try the normal track and then go back to the bumps. But, you know, I just think there's a possibility here for fixing porpoising without making Red Bull lose their advantage. And, do you know there was a thing, there's a road where they've tuned the road to the bumps make notes. Yes. So you could have Musical the chain road. by yep. Fleetwood Mac. Oh. Yeah, you could have the chain. As far as I can tell, you're basically referring to active suspension, except the road is active. No, passive suspension. No, no, no. no. Active you know, suspension is when the car does all the jigaments for you. Yes. <laughs> jigaments is a the good jig- word. Jigaments, yes, that's right. It's a strong road test word. Appreciate yeah. that. But... This is the road. It's, yeah, just, yeah. it's, it's passive. There's, it's there's, as passive as you can get. There's a place in the States where if you drive at like 55 miles an hour over the road markings, yeah. it plays like a happy tune. So you're at the speed limit. You're playing a happy tune perfectly. Well done. And if you, you. go too fast, it plays Highway to Hell or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, this, <laughs> I mean, if you go this too is slow, it plays Jerry Halliwell's last song. <laughs> I, I, I think they, they had to get rid of it somewhere because it was just causing tire wear or some nonsense <laughs> like that. And massive accidents. This is the most the most four to one solution is to say don't change the cars, but we will change all the tracks. <laughs> that is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about Fernando Alonso, who is now officially the oldest man in the world, or has been in F one longer than anybody else. Twenty one years and some time. Apart from Brad Pitt. Apart from Brad Pitt. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the Queen, who, like Fernando Alonso, today became the second longest running monarch ever, behind only Fernando Fernando Alonso. Alonso. (laughs) (laughs) God bless Her Majesty and the Queen. Her drive at Hockenheim, 1967. Yeah, when she got Princess Margaret to smack it into the wall. In a a reliant scimitar. Prince Andrew was drunk that day, wasn't he? We, well, these guys will be back in two weeks to discuss the Canadian Grand Prix in Canada. In the meantime, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow on on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? We have stopped selling merch because we don't believe in capitalism. <coughs> but if you want a t-shirt, you can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Or Karl Marx, Karl Marx, Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. These guys will see you in a week. I've been Anushka Tate. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Anushka. Bye. Copy the script from the previous week. <laughs> yeah, he did. Sports Social Podcast Network.